Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about triangles? Oh, yes. Yes. My 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 favorite is the isosceles. And then no, um, I no, love no, no, equilateral. No, 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 no. People. People triangles. Oh. People triangles. Oh, I see. Are, are we allowed to talk about that? Because if I was going to have a triangle, whoa. I whoa, would invite... Whoa, whoa, whoa. And welcome to another episode of Pants Talking Games. I'm your host in lockdown, Phil. And I am your other host in almost stay-at-home orders, Senda. Yeah, welcome to another uh, <laughs> episode of Pants Talking Games, another COVID-19 edition. Um, as we good thing, are... good thing we uh, record remotely anyway. Yeah, we, yeah, we will not be disrupted because um, our model has always included a level of social distancing by geography. So yes, um, geography is a bitch. Yes, tomorrow will be more of a challenge when I do misdirected mark, but we'll but, but come join us on misdirected mark to find out how that goes. Okay. Yep. Anyway, tonight's topic comes from Powell on Slack, who asks, "Hello, Phil. I'd like to submit a question for your podcast." How to make interesting PC and PC triangles. How, as an MC or GM, I can help with that. How, as a player, can I do that? This is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite things to do in an RPG or a LARP because, I mean, I think you may all have noticed that, like, many of my, like, gaming stories that I get the most excited about are about triangles. Um, and it is because I love the pull a good triangle creates and the way that it tugs the characters around inside of it. Yes, yes. I will admit that, you know, sometimes when you submit a topic for the show, it goes on to a list. I have to admit that this one went like right in my hand and right into the show notes. I was like, <laughs> nope, we'll be well, doing this episode this Send week. is going to talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you might enjoy this topic. It's a good one. All right. So tonight, tonight we're going to get to Powell's question. We're going to talk about what triangles are, how to make, and how to make them interesting in your game. Yep. But to do that, of course, the first thing that we need to do is get started with some definitions. And I'm not talking about isosceles here. So, oh no. Bring it. No, no. <laughs> character triangles. Actually, we have some different names for triangles. It's, um, it's true. <laughs> when we talk about character triangles. Character triangles are when three characters are linked together through a series of relationships, often with some amount of conflict or tension, with the goal to produce tension for one or more of the characters in the triangle. Right? So let's be clear. We've got uh, three people. Connected mm -hmm. by some number of relationships. We're going to talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be some amount of tension within the triangle. And really the whole purpose of it is to produce tension. And by tension, we mean drama yep. for one or more of the characters in the triangle. Right? This Indeed. is why we do it. Yes. All right, cool. Um, the triangle can be made up of some combination of player characters and non-player characters. I do not recommend three non-player characters because that's not interesting <laughs> that's but it can, for but it can be done 
It could be done. It can be done. Um, you're just watching it from the outside. It's like when the GM has a conversation between two With NPCs themselves. and makes yeah. everybody watch. Also not interesting as interesting. <laughs> so when we say made up of some number of player characters and non-player characters, really what we mean is either it can have three player characters, two player characters, or one player character with the rest of the spots being filled by NPCs. Correct. Okay. My, I'm just going to say my favorites when I can get them are three player characters. Yes. Anyway, yes. please three, continue. Yeah, three player characters <laughs> are fantastic. And we'll, we can talk about that more in a second. Yeah. Um, there are two different forms of this triangle. Right. So you can talk about the open triangle. And this is the version where one character is in the center and there are two other characters that are connected to that center. Right. So like if you imagine like three dots and then there's a line from one dot to the middle dot and the other dot to the middle dot. But there's not a line between the other two dots. So the characters on the two ends are not actually aware of each other potentially or they don't have a relationship with each other or both. Right. Like they don't have anything. Mm -hmm. um, so that one's basically the V. Right. Yeah. So that's when you get into things like someone who is in love with two people. Right. The two different people that they're in love with are not aware of each other in this example. Mm -hmm. um, but there is like a constant tension for the person in the middle. Yeah. Which is cool. Right. Like that's a that is yeah. definitely a. Uh, pretty well established triangle. I think people can recognize that from a lot of media. Right, but your your example is actually my faves. Okay, so, so the next, that one. the other shape is the closed triangle, right? This is a structure where the three characters in the triangle all have relationships with one another. And to be clear, in your case and in my case, when we say relationship, we don't just mean romantic. Yes. Though romantic is one of the best um Types. It can be very good, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, again, closed triangle is a structure where three characters, all three characters in the triangle have relationships with each other, so the, the triangle closes, right? Mm -hmm. The three characters don't all need to know about each other's relationships, but yeah. uh, each one knows the ones they're connected to. Yeah, their relationship to the ones that they're connected Correct. to. Correct. Yeah. Which means that somebody in the triangle may not know about the relationship between the other two, right? right. A, one of, one a, of the dots may not know about one of the lines. Right. We're going to get to that in just a second. Okay. Yeah. Or, right, so the other thing is all three, all three characters could know each other, but yes. not know the relationship. So, again, let's be clear. In some way, in a closed triangle a piece of information may be missing or yes. it can all be known. Um, yes. The closed triangle works either way. Yep. Okay. So here's a, I'm going to give an example of this, right? So let's do uh, a prince, his bodyguard and the scribe. Okay. Okay. So the prince and the bodyguard have a relationship because the prince is protected by the bodyguard. So the mm -hmm. prince, they have a professional, like a professional relationship and the, and the bodyguard has a relationship to the prince of a, like of duty. Right. Yep. Okay. Then the prince has a relationship with a scribe. They're really good friends, right? Yeah. Like maybe they grew up together or whatever. Yeah. And then the scribe and the bodyguard are secret lovers. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. the prince <laughs> may or may not know. That they're secret lovers. That they're secret lovers. Okay. So that's one thing, right? That's not like that's the, they don't know. And then the other way is that it's possible the prince doesn't know that 
the bodyguard and the scribe actually know each other, let alone have a relationship. Like, it, it, you know, in our case, the prince obviously knows the scribe, the bodyguard. They've all been to court together. Um, so that, you know, the three of them all know who each other are, just unbeknownst to the prince that the bodyguard and love the bodyguard and scribe are secret lovers. It's so good. Anyway, the thing about triangles is that when they really shine is when they're out of balance or under some amount of tension. And I will just say, one of the ways that you can create tension is by having one of those relationships be not known. So in your example, the fact that they're secret lovers immediately initiates some um, unbalance or some tension, right? Because they need to keep it secret now. Yes. The linkages need to be pulled upon to create drama, right? If there's no strain, there's not going to be drama. Yeah, because the whole, the whole point of a triangle, what you want to do with it is you want to use it to create hard decisions for your characters. Mm-hmm. I, I like to best think of the triangle as don't think of it as a static shape. Think yeah. of it as a thing that's moving yeah. Like one bond is getting closer to the other and the other bonds getting stretched because of it. Yes. Right? Like that's how you have to think about this triangle, right? This triangle is if this triangle sits still and all yeah. three bonds are just fixed like in space, Boring. it's not interesting, right? It's just a relation. <laughs> no, no, cuz then it's just a relationship map. Well, then you've got to yank on it in other ways. Well, that's the point, right? So the point is this thing works best when um, it is elastic, right? Like one bond is strained, the other one is closing in, and then it gets pulled apart. Like just imagine like that triangle moving, like moving and kind of, you know. tug of war. Yes, exactly, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, so when these things get pulled upon, when these tug of wars um, occur, they are often over decisions where there is no optimal choice, right? Like if I do this thing with A, then I'm going to upset B and what do I do? Right. And in some way, somebody's going to get slighted or hurt in some way. And this is necessary. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's what we want out of this. Right. If you're trying to play a game where you don't want to hurt anyone like NPC or PC, triangles are triangles not for is not you. For you. Yes. Yep. Just Tri- not. Yeah. So the key thing for us to talk about with triangles is that regardless of how they're, you know, whether they're open triangles or closed triangles, right? All of those relationships have to be solid, right? Like you have to have commitment from your characters to those relationships so that they're strong and they're like they're there to actually pull. Yeah, because if you have like a weak relationship in any part of this triangle, right, then it'll just pull apart. Yeah. Right. And then you've lost all your you've lost all your drama. Like if it's easy for the like if it's easy for the prince to um, like ditch the scribe. Yeah. Like then you don't have a triangle. Then you don't have a triangle. Or at least you don't have a closed th- triangle at that right. point, right? Um, <laughs> but that, but it, it's important, right? You, the bonds have to be really good in yeah. order for this to in order for this to withstand pressure and tension. Yeah, so the, it has to be it has to be a really strong bonds. So the last time, not the last time, actually, I'm lying. One of my most memorable times that I was in a very strong <laughs> triangle, I had a fiance. And it was our wedding day, 
And my childhood love interest, who I was still absolutely in love with, but he had disappeared for 10 years and I didn't know where he went, reappeared. Right. And yeah, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't get along very well. And then the story went on from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's perfect, right? Like, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So now that we know a little bit about what triangles are, and the situation and the like situations where they best work. Let's get to Powell's question. Yep. So I'm going to talk about how to make triangles interesting as a player because that's where I have lots of experience. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to talk about how to make triangles interesting as a GM. But I'm going to just foreshadow that being a player in a triangle is actually more fun than being a GM. Yeah. So. I have slightly <laughs> less advice than Senda does on this. That's okay. That's okay. We all know that I'm very excited about triangle. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get into it. Tell me about oh the triangle part. Okay, so the thing is, when you're a PC in a, in a triangle, right, you're either going to be in the middle, which is like that that strong connection point, or you're going to be on one of the ends. And it's weird to think of that for even a closed triangle, but there's usually someone that like two people are vying for them in some way. Um, and then two people who are maybe still have a relationship, but it's like not necessarily a also falling in love with, unless you're trying to build a poly triad, in which case this is totally different because then you should all get along, but whatever. Anyway, so there's, there's kind of those two different positions you could be in, right? So when you're on the end, you're vying for the person in the middle's um, basically attention or like, you know, their energy, right? So your job is to constantly pull on that person in the middle in those ways that like to, to get their focus in ways to make their life more difficult. So you need to create issues for that person in the middle, which might be making demands giving them ultimatums. It could just be being so sweet that they feel unbelievably guilty about the fact that they were thinking about someone else. You know, it can be like any number of things that is basically going to pull on their heart and make them question if they're the other person on the end, you know, how they can possibly divide their time between you two, right? Yes, your job, <laughs> your job is to disrupt any equilibrium like Always. if at any point the triangle looks like it's settling Don't if you're the player it. on the end you get in there and stir some shit up yes <laughs> yeah yeah so sometimes as a player you have to use a little bit of meta knowledge to make that happen right so like especially when you're playing at the table and you know the scenes that are happening with the other people then it's a lot easier because you can use that information right so you can you can be like you know i know what the other side of the relationship is in a meta way um so i can make my actions pull on it so if the other person is going to propose then maybe i go and like guilt trip the person in the middle into not going on that date with them in the park Yes, you whisk them away, right? <laughs> right, I'm like, you know, just get in the car, we're going for a drive, it'll be fine, right? And then they don't show up to the date in the park where the other person is with all of their family and the ring waiting. Yes, and either, <laughs> and either that, and now either the person has to yell at you to take yep. them to the park or like, yep. yeah, you're gonna, like, you're just wreck equilibrium, don't ever let it, don't right. ever let it settle, right? Exactly. So if you're in the middle, then your job is to never fully commit to either 
side, right? Because both sides are going to keep pulling on you and you have to kind of keep balancing back and forth from side to side, never settling, trying to achieve some sort of equilibrium that they are never going to let you have, right? Which is the whole point. But like, but you have to, from a, a, a player character perspective, you have to be trying to achieve it, right? Yeah. 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 Your job in the middle, right, is to never allow equilibrium to occur, but in a different way, right? Your job is to hustle, yes. right? So you need to agree to everything and then hustle to make everything happen, right? Like that's the goal of being in the middle. In the middle, you never turn down the car ride because you know you're going to get uh, proposed <laughs> to. You do both. Yes. And then you try to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, then you have to convince the person on the end to take you to the park, at which point they drop you off into the middle of a proposal. Correct. <laughs> right? Yeah, you need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Or the interesting thing that, you know, happened to me was that I was very committed to my fiance and very angry um, at my childhood love interest who had disappeared for 10 years with nary a sound, right? And then reappeared and then throughout the course of that game ended up being this weird tension as my fiance went and had ice cream with someone else. Not okay. Um, uh, let's and be careful. When you say ice cream. Um, it's never just ice cream. I was going to say it's never just ice cream. Like, <laughs> yeah, just checking. It's never just ice cream. So like maybe he went off and had ice cream with someone else and he thinks it's just ice cream, but I don't think it's just ice cream. And then the next thing I know, I'm hanging out with my childhood best friend and he's like, you know, we're rehashing memories and stuff. And he's telling me finally why he was totally out of contact. And it's because he was trying to protect me and his little sister for the last 10 years by preventing an evil corporation from finding out where we were or tracking us down. And then, you know, suddenly you're in the middle like, but who do I really like? Because my fiance is off having a date with another woman. And I've just found out that my childhood best friend has been protecting me for the last 10 years and sacrificing himself, body and soul to do so. Like, okay, now make a decision. <laughs> yes. The decision right? is both. The decision is you won't make a decision till the end when it turns out your fiance is also a bug person and you're slightly scared that he might murder you in your sleep after he kills your father. Okay, but that's going to be a little too specific. Can you abstract <laughs> that up a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is you shouldn't make a decision until, like, it, it should be climactic in the game. Because once you make a decision, that drama is over. So my preference for decision making is that it should happen, like, as a, a, a climax leading into the climax of the game. Or it should be part of the climax of the game. Or it might be right after the climax as part of the epilogue, right? But, like, it's part of the climactic end to your game itself. So don't, like, get, you know, three sessions into a ten-session game and then make a decision. Like, that's... you'll. you'll I'm grr. sorry, did you say epilogue? Yeah, I did said epilogue. Did you not say denouement? Well, I... We have done whole episodes <laughs> on the denouement. The cuddling of 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 campaigns. <laughs> so, basically, triangles will be nerve-wracking... They probably won't work. At some point, climactically, you're going to end up hurting someone's feelings horribly. And that is why it's really fun to play them, which makes me sound like some sort of psychopath. But it's a really interesting emotional exploration. So basically, you need to know going in that at some point, this whole thing is going to blow up. 
right? Everybody who's involved in it needs to know that because that's where the big drama comes from is that part. And you have to acknowledge also if it's all, if it's like two prongs of romantic, then you're going to have some antagonism between the two characters who are not in a romantic relationship, which I've also played um, and, and that sort of thing. Right. So like, uh, like we always say, this is really important to discuss beforehand because it's going to be big drama if you do it right, which I love, but you should uh, make sure that everybody is on board for it. Anyway, be prepared for it to blow up. Ugh. No, I think it's good. Love that's, it. It, that's definitely good. And especially if if two or more PCs enter into a triangle, having that consent discussion about like, is everybody okay that like some in some way this isn't going to work for someone? Yeah. Um, are we all okay with that? Right. Like, I, I mean, the, the thing that actually happened is we got a goodly ways into that Tales from the Loop game. And then I actually had a conversation with a gentleman who was playing my fiance. Like, I actually had a, a just a brief side conversation with him where he was like, I think it would be really interesting, like, if we don't end up together and this becomes like more and more difficult and we just have to play that, like play out that part of the relationship. And I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's do it. And so we did like I, part of that decision was like, I didn't actually make a decision as me, Senda. Like we, we kind of made a group decision about how that was going to go, which was, I felt like was a really good way to, to do it. Well, I think it's a really good way to have that conversation, right? Is to is to go like is to have that conversation overtly, right? Yeah. Just get right. it out there, have it's the like, discussion. It's like secrets, like right, like just have the meta conversation, um, mm-hmm. so that you can like lean in on everything. Yep. But anyway, I don't. I do want to leave you a little bit of time to talk, even though I could keep talking about triangles and my awesome gaming triangle stories for forever. Um, yes. You should probably tell us about GMs quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me add a little to what you said. All right, so um, your job as a GM is pretty much the same thing, right? Your job is to prevent equilibrium. It's just going to be a little different as a GM. So first of all, if there are any NPCs in the triangle, then all of the advice that Senda just said also yeah. applies to you as the GM, right? Like yes, yes, play yes. your NPCs with all the same advice we just talked about. Yes. But that's not the interesting part. Yeah. The interesting part is... That the other thing you can do to put pressure on a triangle is to put it under external forces. Yes. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is that the triangle has its own internal tension based on the relationships and the situations that the three people are in. But there is a whole world outside of that triangle that can also push down onto the triangle because when you put pressure on a triangle externally, you can also reshape it, right? And cause more drama, harder decisions, things like that. So let me give an example by going back to our earlier example of the prince, the bodyguard and the scribe, right? So remember prince and the bodyguard, you know, they have like a professional thing, scribe and the prince are friends and the bodyguard and the scribe are secret lovers. Secret lovers. lovers. Okay. That triangle's pretty good, right? If we're doing a courtly intrigue thing, that's pretty good. Oh, totally. Yeah. But now, as the GM, if I put the castle under siege from a hostile force, right? Now, we're putting tension, we're putting pressure onto that triangle. 
Right. So like the bodyguard has a duty to protect the prince. But what if he also has to protect his lover? Like what if he's having to try and make decisions about where he's going to be to protect who? Right. Or what happens if the prince writes off the scribe as a loss when they get cut off in different parts of the castle? But the prince is with the bodyguard. What's the bodyguard going to do? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Or in my particular situation with a fiance and an old childhood flame, you might be in the middle of, you know, a full-on Earth invasion by uh, aliens who eat people. And then it turns out that your fiancé is one of them. Partially. Half. He's half. Yeah. Again. A little bit of pressure. (laughs) Yeah. So pressure can come from a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. It can be, um, so it can be an outside force, right? So it could be like, you know, the, the under siege or the invasion of aliens but it could be an outside party snooping around so maybe like someone's sister has gotten wind that the scribe and the the bodyguard are sleeping together and now they're poking around for stuff right the scribe's wife oh the scribe's wife see that's very good right there I like that very much. Or it could be clues about the other side of the triangle if you have an open triangle, right, that's not closed off. So they could be getting hints that there's something else going on that they don't know about. Yes. Right? So all of those things are great ways to turn up the tension. Yeah, turn the screws. Yes. Twist Uh, the knife. (laughs) Yes, and when people turn the screws, twist the knife, or put any other additional tension um, on the show, it must be time for us to get to the closing. And we have to because I'm looking at the clock and it has its own tension. Yep. Um, (laughs) So before we um, jet off to the closing... Sunday's going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. That is true. I'm going to tell you tonight about the Gnome Cast, on which several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Yep, yep. Say, Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at pandas.games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Much like Powell did reaching out to me, uh, reach out to us and uh, give us a question or suggestion for a show. We seriously pride ourselves on doing almost all these shows based on uh, your ideas. Very rarely do we come up with our own original idea, but we really, what we really like to do is we really like to talk about the things that you find interesting. So keep feeding us ideas. We'll keep making shows. Uh, In addition, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon campaign is what makes all the gears turn, the lights stay on, and all of that stuff. Greatly appreciate everybody's support to allow us to do the things that we do. Um, patrons uh, get access to a whole bunch of things. You get bonus outtakes from the show. You get the Misdirected Mark after show. Um, you get access to the Slack Room for Life and come play Minecraft with us. You get the occasional goodies from Encoded Designs, which, to be honest, right now, Encoded Designs is like a little quiet. Like... We're well, kind of um, I mean, we're kind of every, hunkered down right every, now. Everybody is, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're kind of hunkered down. Both uh, Tim Jones and I work on college campuses, so uh, we are very hunkered down and focused right now on um, on what's going on. So anyway, um, but we'll come back around. Uh, we do actually have something. There's a um, I, I will tease it. There's a small card game, uh, small but really fun card game that Bob Everson designed that is going to go to print and play. 
but patrons when it's ready patrons are going to get a are going to get a print and play version of it for free like that's happening You've been, for patrons you you keep saying it every i know time, like i don't have a date something new i know You've but I, this time i'm, I'm like committing months <laughs> i'm committing to what i'm committing to that this is what it is it's not vaporware okay. it's actually a finished game that we're just waiting um to get some time to finish laying out the cards but that's going to go to everybody because we love you guys uh the other thing we like to do is shout out to our patrons we shout out to a few each episode although we love all of you equally this week we shout out to john c lemay the guardian at the end of the world thanks john um, never more true than right now Oof. hats off to you john we're gonna shout out to a h you thanks. know who you are ah and then of course uh shout out to one of my favorite game designers one of my favorite canadians and one of my favorite humans jason pitt thanks jason there's another thing you can do to help support our marketing campaign, our brazen market campaign of if you listen to us, you will love us. Yeah, um, I, I still never agreed to this. Nope, I'm just, I didn't ask You're... for permission. I'm just going to ask for forgiveness at the end of the marketing campaign. I was going to say, you still haven't asked for forgiveness either. Nope, I haven't. <laughs> I'm sticking I'm, I'm sticking with it. Anyway, if you listen to us, you will love us. And the way that people listen to us, obviously, besides the fact that you go out and tell people, which we appreciate greatly, but for the people that you don't know, we need a little help. We need a little help getting to know other people. And there is one way you can help that happen. And what way is that? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice because every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because algorithms and stuffs. Um, also, we really like reading the reviews. They're super duper awesome. You guys are fantastic. And thank you so much to everybody who already left a review. They really do actually help people find us. So, Phil, tell me how you're going to set up your next triangle. Yes. Let me get out my list. I have the list. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. Hey, co-host. Hey. Hey, before... Happy belated birthday. Oh, thanks. That's right. Belated by a day. I know, but uh, we didn't record it in a time frame that was logical for me to tell you that. No, that was my cor- it's my Corona birthday. Um, it is kind of that. Which, by that, I mean not much of a birthday. <laughs> um, well, we'll just save it up. There was no going out. Um, there was some chocolate cake, um, but mostly that was it. Uh, I'm playing a lot of Minecraft. I got the um, I got all the um, the MMP folks on Schmidty's Minecraft server, so we're we're all on there again playing which is really nice um i've got i've converted two of my three games to online yep uh which went more successfully than not like they were a little slower because we were still getting everything set up and i'll I'll have to do it one more time um i think i'm still playing headspace like the character like the players were making characters when we started and then we lost to it's been a month and like we were halfway through character gen so I don't know. I need to like check in with them tomorrow and be like, are we still doing this? Like, are we, are we doing, still doing this? Do we need to start over? Do we need are to start we, over? Yeah. Do we need to start? Well, and the other thing that I'm kind of like a little eh about was 
um, we oh, were headspace might be trickier tracking the emotional state. No, that I'll use roll twenty four. Oh yeah, that's I true. could put it down on roll twenty with tokens. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah no, no, yeah. that that I was actually like I I was like I have a little work to do with that. I, I'm a little concerned because we're gonna play the Vancouver um, playbook, which has a plague. Oh, maybe now is not the time to play that particular one. Right. I'm like, uh, this could be a problem. Like, um, this might have some like super real world feels. There right could be now. some weird bleedy stuff. Uh, so I gotta, um, I gotta go touch base with these guys and be like, look, what do you guys want to do? Like, we're online. The world's kind of even more grim than it was before. When we started this, yeah. Like, do we like do we need to talk about possible games? Like, uh, I gotta start that discussion with those guys. Um, I'm concerned. Bloop. So I moved my game group online. I just do the I do the um, every other Thursday, and um, and we ended up playing just because it worked really well for online format and because we do a bunch of like random one shot stuff anyway. So we just. We got together and we played this game called um, Longtime Listener, Last Time Caller, yeah. which is this really cool, like, it's really neat. It is. It works super well to be played online, um, and it's this game where one person plays a radio DJ, and they're basically, like, running um, a show, like, as the apocalypse happens. Now, obviously, this has the potential to go very dark, and... We sat down and it is a group that like we have and can go very dark. And we sat down and we had our little tone discussion and we were like, we're not in a headspace for this to go dark because it could feel a little bit too real right now. Um, So instead, we played it where the apocalypse that was happening outside was kaiju. Um, And then like... then the the kaiju ended up looking like a giant Jeff Goldblum, and then the next thing you knew, there were people falling in love with the like lizard Jeff Goldblum kaiju outside their windows. So it, like it went a little bit wild for us, which was exactly what we needed it to be because it was very light. But there's a cool thing about it, which is that um, there are three roles that you take in the game. You're the, you know, one person is the DJ, and everybody else plays as callers. But when you're not a caller, you are a listener to the show, and it is like a key role to be actually listening so that you can play as like another caller so that you can play off of the things that a previous caller said um, and tie them all together. So that's interesting. It was a good game. Yeah. 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 Would recommend, especially for like gathering a group of people that can, could be probably pretty big. I mean, I think we played with seven or eight people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, it's a fun little one shot. You can play in like a couple hours with a reasonable size of people, um, and it plays really well online, which is sort of a good thing to know about right now. Yeah, that's Just very saying. cool. Bloop. My uh, my thing has been uh, I'm hosting uh, Zoom luncheons. Yeah, I like that. So I'm having a Zoom luncheon with my office um, yep. on uh, Wednesday, and I'm having another Zoom luncheon with Misdirected Mark uh, patrons on um, on next Friday, and maybe I'll do like an open one or something at some point. I haven't contemplated that fully, but I might do that. Yeah, we're at work. We're doing. We're now going to do biweekly um, quote meetings. We're like theoretically, we could we could talk about work stuff, but like we really just want to make sure that we have like a fifteen minute check in with like the five of us on um, on the, these two teams and be like, hey, how you doing? Here's another person to talk to. Yeah, this is <laughs> going to be strictly a no work. Um, yeah, this is a no work discussion. <clears throat> 
bring your lunch and come hang out. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing a bring your own booze happy hour because we can't do a goodbye yeah. happy hour for an employee who's leaving. So we're all just going to like, I think we're all just going to get together on Google Meet and, yeah. um, you know, and, and just like toast her. So. And uh, yeah, anyway, we should get into this. Yeah, yeah, let's get it. Let's let's get started. Let's get started. Um, I have soup with- alone stuck in my head now. Bloop. Meow. Meow. Okay, hang on. I'm resizing your window so that I can actually see the show notes. Oh, okay. I guess that's important. Uh, it's important. Something is it's... something. Something okay. is something. I'm good. Bloop. Bloop. Ah. Or is it? Ah. <laughs> or is it? Ah. Yes. Must be one of those. Show me what you got. Look at that Show fade me what out. You got. Show, Show me, me what, what you, you got. got. Show, Show me what you got. I still don't have much of a singing voice. No, we're at forty-six minutes, so we're not going to yeah, dilly we're gonna dally. Stop. We're going to stop. Yes. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye.